Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Golf Under Par Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. We are on a journey to find the information that's going to help you play the best golf of your life. Join us now as we dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the Golf Under Par Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough here with a very special guest, Dr. Emily Wiggin. Uh, she's a chiropractor up in Nova Scotia. She works with a lot of high-performance juniors there in the, in the province. And she works uh, to help people, help golfers particularly, uh, improve their performance and their resiliency. So welcome to the show and thank you for being here, Emily. Thanks for having me. I always start off asking everybody, how'd you get into golf? So uh, I really wish I had the sense to get into it as a junior, but my dad, I had this really bad experience where my dad dragged me to this practice hole when I was like, seven and we were there for what felt like four hours in like the blistering heat like on the same hole and I I was just like no I hate this sport it's terrible so needless to say I didn't pick it up as a junior which is really unfortunate but anyway so I revisited golf when I got uh, a job in the pro shop at Northumberland Links uh, in Nova Scotia and it's an amazing golf course some of the fastest greens in the province um, and it's funny I I, I dabbled my first year there um, because I assumed that to be a like quote unquote member like you have to be amazing and I just had this 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 <laughs> concept in my mind that everybody who walked in the door was amazing at golf and it kind of scared me away from the sport and then uh, the next year I was asked to to to, man, to, to run the be- the beverage cart so I was out there and I was witnessing all these golfers and clubs flying everywhere and divots, divots being taken before the ball. And, uh, anyways, and I was like, okay, well, I'm a, a generally athletic person. I think, I think it can have at the sport. So, um, I, I did pick it up and, uh, I, I didn't formally get lessons until several years later. Um, but yeah, it, it I love, I love it. It's, it's, you know, when they say you've got the bug, it's totally, totally, uh, uh uh, accurate description. Um, but I, it's a great sport and, uh, I'm a biomechanics nerd. So, you know, getting into that sport and loving the sport and then getting connected to and being interested in the biomechanics, like everything of where I'm at now seems like a very easy and natural transition. One of the few sports where biomechanics, biomechanics actually, uh, plays, plays a factor. Well, not that they don't, but everybody's, oh, it's okay to be, uh, be a, a biomechanics nerd and, and golf. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, I don't think I'm embracing going on about the coefficient of restitution, but (laughs) (laughs) I do, I do like the biomechanics. I think my favorite of him, uh, I'll go on a tangent here was when he had the umbrellas and they were trying to create wind as he was putting to simulate the wind in Hawaii. That's probably my favorite thing about that. I've seen him do (laughs) that's something else, but Hey, he's got his method and he's going to stick with it. And uh, it works for him. It's, for the most part, <laughs> whatever works, whatever works. And it's one of those things that, you know, at the beginning, you kind of like raise an eyebrow at the things he does, but you know, if it creates performance and all the power to you, 
just, just own it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned being pretty athletic and I think I saw somewhere that you uh, played some college volleyball. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Where'd you play at? Uh, so I played at Memorial. It's a university in the East Coast. Uh, it's in Newfoundland. Um, and I was a, um, a libero. So I, 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 it's funny, I'm 5'6", which isn't considered short by female standards, but I was like short right. on my team. I was basically with giants. Um, and I actually transitioned to a libero uh, when I was in grade 11 because I was always a, a good defender. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it was. It, I absolutely love the sport. Uh, I was a big hitter until that, like, you know, I was a big hitter in the bantam stage and then it's like juvie, the nets go up just that much. <laughs> and then I wasn't, wasn't such a big hitter. But anyways, yeah. uh, I it's a great sport. I, I don't get to play it anymore. I really would like to get back into it but you know kids life all that stuff right right oh cool so out of curiosity how does you feel like some of your volleyball skills has transitioned into uh, some of your golf swing and your golf skills well, it's, I mean, it's super rotational. Uh, it's really rotational just on different planes. So, um, and, and then that same, you know, even though I wasn't a hitter as far as my um, collegiate career, I still have the hitting mechanics right. uh, and that kind of that, that pulse uh, you feel and, and core contraction at impact with the volleyball um, is very much what you experience uh, in the golf swing. Um, additionally, you know, as a defender and a passer, you're always using ground reaction force when you're trying to, because you're not actually technically supposed to just wail and swing your arms. You're very much supposed to just move up to the ball, like from the ground up. Um, yeah. And so you, you know, there's, there's so many parallels. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you are jumping, hitting, uh, that that's huge for vertical power. Uh, there's a lot of lateral stability work in there with just even moving side to side, trying to anticipate where the ball is going to go. So, um, I, I think it actually was a great sport for setting me up to, to get into golf because it just, it created a natural rhythm. Uh, and I think it made it easier for me, um, to, uh, to get into the sport where a lot of people would find the, the golf swing very unnatural to them if they didn't do any, any, Thing rotational before yeah 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 that's pretty cool um yeah i don't think i would have uh you know outside of the serve think too much of it as a rotational sport but i guess you know all the times all the time spikes and all that stuff too so totally totally and so your chiropractor so we want to talk a little bit about injuries and then we'll kind of maybe work our way into into some training stuff there too so what's kind of the most common injury that you find in a lot of your adult amateurs or really just adult golfers in general. Um, so it's really funny because when I, I remember when I was doing my TPI medical and they were talking about the stats, like the number one was like wrists. And I was shocked because wrist actually isn't the number one thing I see. I see like low back and shoulders and neck. Um, and uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do see wrists, but I, it's definitely not anywhere near my number one. Uh, so I would say, a huge ton of people are people who have either had a low back injury, whether it was pertaining to golf or not pertaining to golf. And their goal is to get back to golf safely. Um, so we're looking at, you know, uh, stripping away the layers, but get rebuilding their movement competency, building their capacity, and then making it a little bit more sports specific so that they can kind of you know, have a return to play plan. Um, and then as far as like the more competitive players, uh, they'll have 
they'll have back pain for different reasons, depending on what demographic they're in. Um, so if I have a junior who's got low back pain, um, I'll give you one example. We had one kid who great player, but had like a really abnormal amount of side bend. Like you're looking at him in slow motion on, on, and you're like, he's going to fold in half, but, and so he had back pain, but interestingly, if you got him to resist like a side bridge, uh, shaking all over the place. So I'm like, here's this kid who's just laterally bending like crazy, but can't even resist that movement. So that's where I would get back pain in juniors. Um, but in adults, um, it's, it's often like disc, um, you know, you've got your reverse spine angle where people who, you know, they have, they get so far up into extension and there's this giant extension deflection moment. So they blow it a disc, um, or people who are just, you know, they're chronic, chronically in a C posture, their pelvis is tucked under them. And so they, they they're not getting mobility through their mid back and they're not getting mobility through their hips. So they're shearing the mid, the, the midsection. Um, so I'd say, I'd say low back, honestly probably the most common. Uh, and then, um, yeah, a lot of shoulders, but I say the shoulders is just because of, uh, I have a lot of dem- uh, demographically, a lot of over 50 male. Uh, and then you know how once you hit age 50 rotator cuff degenerative things yep. are all just exponentially more common. So whether that's related to their golf or just anything in their life, I think, uh, it, I don't think it's necessarily caused by golf, but I do see it a lot, but more so the demographic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and so, so from, from what I said, maybe more of a stability issue with the juniors that you have the back yeah. pain and then more of a mobility issue for, for more of the adults, right? hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. All right. And so then you mentioned the wrist injuries and TPI, and I think that comes with a lot of maybe more, uh, higher level players, right? And the lower handicaps, they, they tend to have a little more wrist issues with, with all the different types of hand movements that they're trying to get to control the face. Uh, so I'd be curious to talk to you a little bit about that. And, you know, with the concern that a lot of those players have, what are, let's say somebody's coming in with, with a lead wrist issue, um, what kind of treatment options are we looking for? And then maybe how can they build their resiliency to, to the movement that's causing that, that wrist issue? So very first thing, is there pain and inflammation? You know, because we obviously have to go through the steps of just, you know, whether we're doing cold laser therapy, taping, um, just active range of motion stuff, just to calm the acuteness down. But then a huge part of my assessment, especially with lead wrist, is always going to be kinetic chain from the neck down. Um, because I, I have always see like some kind of scapular uh, stability imbalance. Uh, maybe, you know, there's a neck issue that's feeding into the scapular problem. And I just don't find you can ever just treat a wrist in isolation. Um, I, I, I always find it hilarious when golfers come in, they say, ah, I've got, I've got tennis elbow because, or, or, or golfers elbow because I golf too much. And I'm like, well, if that was the case, we'd see a an elbow band on every single player on the PGA tour. Cause they golf all the time. Right. Um, so there's, I, I, you can't treat a wrist without assessing for a mechanical breakdown. Um, so I, I'll, I'll deal with the wrist issue itself as far as the pain swelling and, and, and calming that down. Also looking at carpal mobility, uh, cause a lot of times you might have a, a lunate restriction or a scaphoid that is a little anteriorly or posteriorly shifted. Um, but, uh, often I'm, I'm, I, I'm correcting a, 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 
problem higher up that's going to transcend lower down. So I had a, a golfer, very high level golfer, scratch handicap, does really well in the men's amateur every year last year, who was getting uh, lead wrist pain and swelling. Um, but if you looked at his swing, um, he, he didn't, he doesn't do a good job of clearing his lead shoulder. So just that strength through, um, ro- getting adequate thoracic rotation combined with scapular retraction in the lead shoulder. It was like, he was overextending his lead wrist in his finish coming through to accommodate for not being able to clear that shoulder properly. Um, so we worked a lot on stabilizing up top. And then, you know, did damage control down here and sure enough, the, the, the problem uh, resolved. So, yeah, I guess the, the short answer after I've rambled forever <laughs> is uh, trying to create re- resiliency is, is looking higher up, looking at the, the parts more proximally and making sure that everything's doing its job up there uh, so that nothing suffers more distally. Yeah. And the way I always use it, and I think uh, I think it's uh I just blanked on Greg Rose. He'll talk about, uh, you know, the person that's causing the issue is, is the one that's over getting overworked. Right. So then in your example that you used, that wrist was getting overworked because the shoulder wasn't doing its job. And so he, exactly. he uses the example of carrying bags of sand or something like that. And, you know, if one guy backs out after a couple of bags and the guy that's still doing the bags, he's going to be one that's going to feel it the next day. And so I think, that's a great example to help people understand. Okay. So that's why the wrist is really kind of being irritated because he's trying to do something that maybe he's not designed to do or is trying to compensate for, for the uh, problem of the lead. So I agree. That's a great, great option. So with that, so what do you kind of, I guess we see that lead wrist there. You mentioned the, the scapular stuff. So talking through some maybe training stuff people can do in order to avoid that, that, that common that common problem uh like in terms of like what kind of exercises they should do yeah, or that, yeah exactly um, yeah so i mean the the great thing about um scapular stability is there's so many great exercises you can do with very minimal equipment like you it's not like you you need much more than like some Therabands. Um, so the first thing I would, when I'm looking at scapular stability, uh, you know, uh, first I'm, I'm looking at their T-spine. Uh, so it's like, we just keep going higher up the kinetic chain. Uh, so I would actually get them uh, doing some thoracic like rotation and extension exercises if there was a deficit there. Um, and then, you know, just taking some bands and doing, you know, whether it's resisted horizontal abductions, you know, you've got your Y's, T's, W's, um, uh, your wall slides, your banded wall slides. Uh, gosh, you could really, like you can go on forever. And then you've got all your serratus exercises, your push-up plus, um, scapular clocks. But yeah, you kind of have to figure out what the individual uh, deficit is because everyone's a little bit different. But obviously there's people who fall into more common categories uh, than others. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I don't think there's a, it's kind of hard over a podcast <laughs> to be like, this is how you, what you need to do. And this is how yeah. you do it. But um, there, Yeah. There's a lot of great resources out there as far as like what you can do um, with, with scapular stuff. And there's a, there's a lot of great physios on social media who uh, uh, physios, chiros who, who share a lot of those exercises. Uh, and I'm always like, you know, hit and save. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. Because, yep. uh, you know, people are, are increasingly creative and, and coming up with more and more stuff. And uh, actually, um, Oh, what's his name? He works with all these 
Eric Cressy, he does a lot yeah. of cool stuff uh, on Scadler stuff because he does so much with the, the major league pitchers. Um, so he's a good resource for people to follow. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything that I, over a podcast I can describe too in depth, but you know, get some bands. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. There's, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to really get that stability in there. And, you know, even just getting some weight bearing type, type exercises is always good and doing those different mm-hmm. variations, I find to be. To and be then also helpful. finding, people have to find, uh, people have to find what position they can adequately perform an exercise. So like you might have someone that, you know, does that TPI test where they have to raise their thumbs to the wall and they can't do it when they're sitting upright. But if you lay them down on their back, you know, you change the stability requirements and then they can get their thumbs to the floor. So same thing goes with scapular stability exercises. They might have to start in a supine position and then you might have to increase the demands of the movement by changing their position. Yeah, yeah, you gotta find out where where that breakdown happens and uh, and start before that breakdown happens so they can uh, perform it adequately beforehand and control them. Yep. I agree. That's definitely definitely true. And again, so we talk about this almost every time we get people on here, and it's all about assessment. Whether it's a, a PGA pro and talk about it, and like, okay, I can't tell you how to fix your slice unless I know how you're what you're doing to, to cause that slice. Same thing that I with physical therapists and chiros, where it's like, okay, yeah, you may be having there might be some commonalities that we find with these things, but without really knowing what your specific things are, it's hard for us to say, Oh, this is what you need uh, to fix this. Right. So, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of great things you can do for that shoulder to kind of, to kind of create that stability that, that we're looking for to minimize the, the wrist. And I think you, you brought up Eric Cressy and how his work with shoulders. If you watch a lot of his stuff, it's so much of it is the shoulder, even though we think of pitchers, the problem is, is at the elbow. And so it totally. shows you another another thing where okay, it's not where the problem is; the, it's just the victim of of the problem of something up above the chain. Well, and it actually it, that always makes me think of. I mean, I know we're talking about risk, but that always makes me wonder what's going on with. Uh, I mean, I, I feel bad talking about Tiger Woods given his present state, but Tiger Woods is. Um, uh, I always wonder what are his hips like because you know his uh, and his mid back. And his low back, or because of his low back, because his, you know, he's had those five surgeries in the low back, but he's also got a history of knee injuries and knee surgeries. Uh, and then I think he also, I'm, he might have even had an elbow injury at one point. So you're kind of looking, like in your head, you're kind of doing the whole mobility, stability, mobility, stability thing. And you're seeing breakdown at the elbow, breakdown in the low back, breakdown at the knees. And so you wonder if he's got some like backwards stuff going on in there. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to have a lot more backwards stuff going on, but. Yeah, yeah. I just finished uh, recording some videos and stuff like that, talking about talking about what was going on with him and what he he's expected to to do uh, over the next months, maybe even a year, depending on how severe those things are. But uh, we'll get we'll get back on to what we were talking about here with. I digress. Yeah, and <laughs> so I know you do you do a decent amount of a yoga and performance performance training with some of the golfers you work with, whether that's from a juniors or the adult standpoint. And I was curious to kind of pick your brain on, on some yoga. You know, we always hear people being like, Oh, I got to do yoga to get my mobility. Uh, but what's some of your stuff for, for golf performance? Cause yoga is more than just uh, mobility work. Yeah. So what is really funny about yoga 
is it really is one of those things that's for some people and they're not for other people. So I don't know if you've encountered this in practice, but it's always the people that are insanely hypermobile and unstable that come to me and they're like, I'm like, what do you do for exercise? And they're like, yoga. I love yoga. All I want to do is yoga. And they're like, you know, dural tension everywhere. And you're like, why is this person doing yoga? So when I teach and do yoga, it's never like a sit in the max depth of a stretch for as long as humanly possible. It's very much like a flow and like from, um, like, you know, trying to uh, be very stable through these movements. Um, I don't teach any ridiculous backbends. Um, I, uh, and even when you do have, you know, small backbends like Cobra or Upward Dog, I'm teaching people to engage their glutes and put their tailbone towards the floor to keep the lower facets open. Uh, and I think yoga can be a beautiful, like wonderful adjunct as a mobility and a stability exercise. Uh, it's just that it's unfortunately got a bad rap and it's got some people who um, don't have a great anatomy background or physiology background teaching it. And it's pushing people into these, these depths and these um, and beyond the cap capacity that they should be they put into. But I think it can be used really great, especially when you think of how important, you know, dynamic work warmups are for golf. I see yoga as like an extension of a dynamic warmup, essentially. Um, so I, I think it can be a great tool or a great way to keep, get the tissues warmed up, keep them supple, supple, and then uh, be a great recovery day um, when you're, you know, not doing a strength day. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, my wife uh, does a decent amount of yoga, taught for a little while there. So interested in, you know, talk about, you know, the stability aspect. I think that's something that people oftentimes don't think of uh, with yoga because they always just think about the person folding in half uh, yeah. when, it, when, when they're doing it. And so what kind, of, what kind of things can people, you know, or what are some of your favorite things to do for a stability standpoint to maybe help with uh, people's stability working like on the golf swing where you're having that transition between the um, backswing into the front swing? Uh, like specifically in yoga? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, like first thing that comes to my mind is like a warrior focus, three. Right. I focus a lot on, um, and you know, I focus a lot, focus a lot on people being very uh, aware of how to control the pelvis and how to control the pelvic right. position. So you'll see people like, uh, drop into a warrior one, warrior two, warrior three, uh, and they're just dumping into extension in their low back. There's absolutely no control. It's just like they flung their arms up in the air. They're in their lunge and they're just, you know, hanging out. But, yeah. you know, so very much about, you know, point your tailbone down towards the floor, feel the glutes engage, the lower abdominals will, will tighten kind of that, um, yeah, that, that, that constant pelvic in, engagement, because people get really sloppy where they kind of just, it's almost like they drop into the yoga pose as opposed to stably maintain the integrity of the pose. Um, so I think, uh, one thing that's great for, for yoga is being able to flow from pose to pose, especially the balance poses, um, really gives you awareness of, well, first of all, it's really great for hip stability, um, but really good for strengthening the intrinsic uh, muscles of the feet, which a lot of people don't think of when it comes to pressure control. 
Um, so I think that I like, I, I would say my balance is excellent in my golf swing and my awareness of the ground is, is, is probably elevated beyond a lot of people just because my balance in general is so good. Um, but yeah, I, I love the transitions from, you know, say you're doing a, a tree and then extending out into a warrior three or an airplane, uh, coming back up, you know, working that sagittal hip stability. Um, one of my favorite poses for golfers actually is, um, would be going from a half moon to a twisted half moon, which is essentially like a harder, uh, like, you know, hip airplanes for yeah. hip stability. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that. So you actually have to transition from being on one leg with completely open hips to then rotating to a closed and internally rotated hip and facing the other way all while maintaining your balance. Um, so that's a, a fantastic exercise for, for controlling, uh, how to load the hip. Yeah, not, that's exactly what I was kind of thinking about with with regards to yoga and where you're getting that that pelvic stability. I loved how you brought it into, you know, it's you would think that with yoga and it being a, a stretching type thing in quotation marks there that you just get into a position, you just hang out there and relax, right? But so much of it is is just maintaining, we'll say, tension in, in some of those muscles to control that position and gain the mobility of it rather than just getting that flexibility where you can tease out the difference between that um, as just being able to control that range rather than just being in that range of motion. So totally. And, and a lot of people, it's, it's kind of like the idea of a squat, like for the hypermobile people, they might think that you, Oh, you just, you just plunk right down there. Yeah. And it's like, no, we actually pull ourselves into it. Uh, and so I, I very much come from a, a point of view where yoga can be something that provides great strength and stability uh, if taught in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I actually like yoga. Like you said, those recovery days are, are great days and, you know, targeting some of the, some of the, so with some of the thoracic stuff and maybe the hip stability type stuff to get, get some of the golfers working on that stuff outside of, of when they're uh, just swinging a golf club. <laughs> For sure. So cool. We got a new round. We've kind of started here recently. It's called the Mulligan round. So it's just kind of first reaction, first thoughts. You can get to choose to skip one if you would like. All right. That would okay. be your Mulligan. Um, so okay. first question, personal best round. Uh, I shot an 84 at Cabot links, um, uh, which is uh, on the, it's like top. Oh gosh. I think it's top 15 in the world. Uh, and, uh, what's brutal about it though, is I finished double triple. So it was an 84 and it could have been so much better. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that was my best, my best round this, uh, past summer. Almost broke 80, man. Almost. It's always rough. Uh, tiger or Jack? Tiger. Right. Uh, yeah. Tiger. All right. This past weekend, we, uh, was the Genesis Invitational. Uh, we had a yeah. quite the showdown between Max Homa and Tony Finau. Which one were you rooting for? Finau, he's got way more mouths to feed at home. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting take. All right. <laughs> have you gotten your kids into golf yet? Uh, we have taken them to the course. It's hilarious. They, uh, they just kind of putt around. Avery, if she can't hit the ball, just goes and walks over and puts it in the hole. Uh, so they're not, not, not very skilled yet, but they, they, they do enjoy going to the course. Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite golf memory? Uh, personally or uh, on TV? Whichever. 
Ooh, okay. You know what? It's when Tiger uh, won the Masters most recently and watching him uh, actually after he won walk up to his kids. Okay. Uh, what's an exercise or drill that you use to improve your golf swing? So funny. This is a funny thing about the TPI screen. I absolutely ace the TPI screen. However, I do have a tendency to come over the top and, you know, go with my hands. Uh, so one of the drills that uh, Jeff gave me, which, um, by the way, you shouldn't always treat your spouse or uh, teach your spouse that can go sideways, uh, is to actually do a few swings where I actually just tap the ground behind me. And it just kind of sets my uh, my path uh, a little bit better. So you you actually kind of like, it just helps you shallow the club. Uh, and, and so I, I love that drill. And so I'll do it a few times and then it kind of gives me a, a, a feel and, and then I can kind of go up and not be or come down too steeply on the ball. So is that like a practice swing or just before you go out and play, you do that a handful of times? Oh yeah. It's, it's kind of like a feel thing. So it's like, uh, I, that won't be my practice swing, but you know, I might right. just like, you know, swing the thing down, uh, tap the ground behind me, do it a few times, and then I'll go do my practice swing and then I'll hit the ball. Okay. So you're doing it regularly throughout the round. Depending on how, how my, how I'm hitting it. Sometimes I, yeah. I'm like on, I've got it. Plane is good. I'm fine. But if it starts to go a little sideways, that's my default. All right. What's one takeaway you want for listeners to, to get from this conversation? Um, honestly, you're never too young and you're never too old to get better as far as, uh, as far as your, your physical capacity to play the game. Um, I think that if you look at the demographic of golf, it very much is a sport that people play well into the later days of their life. So, uh, if you want to continue to do that and, and get longevity from your, your sport, seek out your, your local professional who deals with that kinds of things. And you don't have to settle for, Oh, this is old age. There's lots of stuff that you can improve on. All right. Yeah. I always tell people 80 year olds have the exact same response to the training exercise as a 20 year old. So (laughs) there you go. And the thing that I found amazing about golf fitness uh, is I was so nervous when I first got into it uh, because my first clients were like what I would call like, they were just like, so there was so, it was so overwhelming how many things they had going on as far as movement deficits. And, uh, you know, they weren't elite level golfers. Um, but what was amazing is you see how micro changes of improvements, uh, in your, in your office or in physical, in their physical capacity amplifies and how it comes out in the golf swing. Uh, so it's amazing. It's beautiful. It was awesome to watch. And then you're like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Little progress uh, goes a long way, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on today. Before we let you go, tell us how people can follow you and learn more about what you do. Yep. So uh, I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, so that's Dr. Emily Wigan. Uh, and then also, you know, my email is on there. Um, I, you know, I work at Kinesis Health Associates in Dartmouth, if there's any listeners from my location. Um, but yeah, I would just say contact me through Instagram, send me a DM, email, whatever. All right. Sounds great. We will have that information uh, in the show notes so that you guys can get, reach out to Emily if you, if you want to Get some of her her help there, whether that's uh, through fitness resiliency or or if you're in the local area, she can get your hand her hands on you and uh, get you uh, straightened out a little bit. We'll say uh, that's it for this episode of Golf Under Par. Thank you so much, Emily, for for being here, and thank you guys for listening. Remember, simple consistency leads to greatness.
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed this content on the go. If you found it helpful, please share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more golfers just like you that want to play under par. Do you want to be stronger and healthier? Well, I've got a resource, Golf Fitness Tips. It's a free Facebook group where we talk about how to take care of our bodies so that we can play more golf, we can play golf longer in life, and we can play better on the course. If that interests you, then check out the link below or search for Golf Fitness Tips on Facebook.